online community. But most of all, we honor the Holy Spirit. Amen. We honor the Holy Spirit who is here. So you have to know that he is right where you are. And that's how you're able to praise him. Well, I've been sitting on this for a couple of weeks now. And uh, when God gave this to me, I, I understood and uh, that no matter where I go, if I'm in the presence of the Lord, he's there, he's there, he's there. Exodus chapter number three. And we're going to talk this morning about standing on holy ground. Standing on holy ground. Standing on holy ground. Beginning with verse number one in chapter number three. Verse one says, Now Moses kept the flock of Jephro his father-in-law, the priest of Midian, and he led the flock to the back side of the desert. And he came to the, the mountain of God, even to Harb. Verse number two says, And the angel of the Lord appeared unto him in a flame of fire out of the midst of a bush, And he looked, and behold, the bush burned with fire, and the bush was not consumed. Verse number three says, And Moses said, I will now turn aside and see this great sight, why the bush is not burnt. Verse number four says, And when the Lord saw that he turned aside to see, God called unto him out of the midst of the bush and said, Moses, Moses. And he said, here am I. And look at that verse number five. It says, and he said, God is speaking to him. He says, draw not nigh hither, put off thy shoes from off thy feet. For the place whereon thou standest is holy ground. It's holy ground. Standing on holy ground. First thing we want to do is we want to look at verse number one. We want to look at verse number one. Moses now, he's been on a run and he was reared in the enemy's camp. I'll call it the enemy's camp because he's, he ends up... Uh, uh, in, among the Egyptians. And he's also on a run now because he has killed uh, another Egyptian because that Egyptian had killed the Hebrew brothers. So God takes him now as he is going forth. God takes him now, it says, on the back side of the desert. Takes him on the back side of the desert. Not the desert, but on the back side of the desert. Well, I said, Lord, what does all that mean? Just on the back side. He didn't take him to that dry place, just a total desert, but he takes him on the back side. Now, the back side is a place that still has vegetation. So it's kind of like called good ground, that back side of the desert. 
And then he goes on, he also talks about how he comes to the mounting of God. Now, when he comes to the mounting of God, he is coming now to an elevated place. He is now coming to what one would call high ground. He's on high ground. There's two grounds he's there on. He's on the high ground, which is the elevated state of the mind. And he is on good ground where he can receive the nutrients that his body needs. But there's something we must understand. It doesn't make any difference how high you go in society according to man. It doesn't make any difference how God has given you all the good things of what man considers of this life. But there is a difference between high ground, having the elevated mind, and the good ground. That difference is you're still not on holy ground. See, that's a difference between high ground, good ground, and holy ground. Mm-hmm. See, a few minutes ago, I was on holy ground. I don't know where y'all was at because I was on holy ground. And we'll get to that because you'll understand in a minute. You'll understand in a minute. The Bible says he comes now to the mountain of God. He, he's, he's at a place called Horeb. God takes him to a place of solitude, a place where it's loneliness. As I shared with someone the other day, I said, the higher you go in God, the higher you go in the spirit of God, the more lonely that you get. Because, see, everybody's not there. See, everybody does not want to go into that elevated place or into that place of of holy ground because in that place, it's very lonely. It's very lonely. And not only is it lonely, but there's a cost to get there. See, you can't stay on the surface ground and think you can get into the presence of the Lord to be able to get on holy ground. Now, the Bible talks about how he looks and why he's there. He sees something very unusual. He, he sees this bush. And as he looks at it, it does not consume itself. It does not burn up. See, in the midst of that bush was God himself because God is nothing but fire. God is fire. And so when he looks there, he, he realizes that, 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 oh, thank you, Holy Spirit. I heard that one. God says, if God is in you, then your fire never goes out. I heard the Spirit. He said, if God's in you, then the fire of God never goes out. Amen. Amen. We're going to go on down. We're going to talk about that too. Amen. But then he goes on and he says now, God calls to him out of the midst of the bush, out of the midst of, see, God called him out of the fire. He's calling him. And these are some instructions. I'm going to watch this. These are some instructions that God gives. And that's looking at verse number five. First thing God tells him to do is draw nigh hither. I said, come closer. But once you come closer, he asks you to remove your shoes. So I said, now God, now God, God, what are you talking about? He says, take your shoes off of your feet. I said, now Lord, help me to understand what you are wanting me to do or what are you saying here to remove my shoes off of my feet because I'm standing on holy ground. God says that this is what you need to understand about the, those shoes. 
See, if you got on the shoes of racism, you cannot walk on holy ground. You cannot stand on holy ground. Amen. If you are a person of backbiting, come on now. If you're backbiting or you're envious, you're hateful, and you've got a problem with your brother and your sister, then you can't stand on holy ground. Because, see, those are the shoes that you're wearing. And, see, because those are the shoes that you're wearing, it separates us from being able to stand on holy ground. See, something happens when you're on holy ground. Something happens. See, we cannot go uh, to God thinking that we can operate in the spirit of greed. Come on. And spirit of greed or the spirit of resentment, the spirit of self-righteousness. See, all these are shoes that we wear. Amen. The spirit of pride. Amen. See, these are shoes that we got on. And those shoes, those things separate us from the presence of the Lord. It it, it separates. So I'm asking those there that are listening online and, and those that are present, what kind of shoes are you wearing today? What kind of shoe are you, are you still angry at your brother, angry at your sister? You know, the Lord gave us that scripture in Bible study where it says, if you bring your gift to the altar, and if you remember that you got an alt against your brother, he says, this is what you're supposed to do. Leave your gift at the altar and go get that mess right. Amen. So, does anybody have any alts today? Some unreconciled alts that we, we got still hidden in. Understand something. You won't be able to stand on holy ground. Even when it comes down, you know, see, your gift is worship. Your gift is praise. Your gift can be monetary. Anything that you offer up to God is your gift. But it says, if you remember, whoa, anybody got any oaths today? Unreconciled oaths. God said, whatever you're offering up to me, he said, I can't receive it. He said, I, I cannot receive it because you got that shoe on that is separating you from me. Whoa. God, I hear you. Mm-hmm. He says, take off them shoes. Take off an evil heart. Anybody got an evil heart today? Yeah, people that operate in their ego. See, those are some shoes that you got on. Amen. Having an evil, an evil eye. See, you got to understand, if you want to stand on holy ground, you got to take off those shoes that you're wearing. Amen. You got to take them shoes off. Got to take them shoes off. If you've got an argumentative spirit, you're aggressive, out of control, God said, take them shoes off. Because you've got yourself separated from me. You cannot stand, he said, on holy ground. Now, let's, let's, let's go now. Let's go to the book of Proverbs. Proverbs chapter number six. We won't be before you long. Let's go to the book of Proverbs chapter number six. Proverbs chapter number six. You're going to understand more about holy ground in a minute. Proverbs chapter number 6. Are we there? And we're going to look at verse number 16. Now these are what the words say here. Verse 16 says, These six things doeth the Lord. What does the Lord do? 
he hates. Then he says, yea, seven are an abomination unto him. This is what God said he hates. He said, I hate a proud look. He says, ooh, oh, Holy Spirit. He said, I hate a lying tongue. Anybody been lying lately? See, it says these, these things God hates. You know, you, you're prideful. You know, you got this proud look. And then he, he goes on saying, I hate the lying tongue. And then he says, hands that shed what kind of blood? Innocent blood. Anybody been shedding anybody's blood lately? Huh. He said, God said, I, 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 I hate these things, those that shed innocent blood. And then v- verse number 18 says, a heart that devises wicked imagination. Anybody been operating some wickedness here lately? And I love this next one. It says, feet that be swift in running to mischief. In other words, you wide open, going to tell something. As soon as you got it, you can't wait. Can't wait to get it to the next person, to get it to the next year. You're just running. You're in a hurry. God said, I hate that. I, he says, I hate that. And then he says, a false witness, verse number 19, a false witness that speaketh what lies. And this is the seventh thing. And he that soweth discord among the brethren. Anybody been sowing discord among the brethren? Anybody been sowing discord among the church family? Anybody been sowing discord among your family, among your friends? You been sowing any kind of discord? Ooh, we quiet up in here. Amen. Then the Holy Ghost knows, don't he? He knows. Amen. Because, see, these are the things that God said he hates. See, all these are those shoes we got to take off. You know, oh, I hear your Holy Spirit. Anybody been gossiping lately? Been gossiping? Child, I want to tell you this. I I want you to pray about this, but you go all into the details. You see, the details is where you're gossiping at. God know what, when you pray, he know what you're saying and what you're thinking. But what's our motive when we go into some, oh, Holy Spirit, what you doing? When you go up into somebody else's business and you're telling everything about their business, you know this happened and this happened and that, but we're going to pray about it. Well, you just got through gossiping about it. Whoa. Surely we ain't got no gossipers in the house, right? It's awfully quiet up in here. Amen. Amen. Thank you, brother. I see you nodding your head. Amen. Amen. Someone discord. Tan up something. Someone discord. God ain't pleased with that. He's not, he is not pleased with that. Now, let's go to the book of Genesis, chapter number 28. Genesis, chapter number 28. Genesis 28. Genesis chapter number 28. Genesis 28. Amen. Genesis chapter number 28. And we're going to look at verse number 11. Remember we were talking about standing on holy ground. You see, there's a man by the name of Jacob. And he and his brother Esau had some problems. 
But 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 the word Jacob there means a man in transition. He had not gotten to who God had called for him to be. He was called to be Israel, but now he's Jacob in transition. He has not yet reached there. Now, in verse number 11, in Genesis chapter number 28, it says, And he lighted upon a certain place, and he tarried there all night. It's something about it when you're tarrying with God. It says, Because the sun was set, and he took of the stones of that place, And he put them for his pillow and lay down in that place to sleep. That place. That place it will become holy ground. Watch this. That place will become holy ground. Looking at verse number 16 in Genesis chapter number 28. 16 says, And Jacob awake out of his sleep. And he said, surely the Lord is in this place, okay, this place, and I knew it not. You see, when you go in a place of worship and praise, and the Lord comes into that place, that place where you are then, it becomes holy ground. It becomes holy ground. Here Jacob says, he says now, it's a dreadful place. See, something happens when you're standing in the presence of the Lord. Something happens when you're standing on a holy, holy ground. Because he recognized that the place where he, oh, Holy Spirit. He recognized that the place where he's standing or the place that he stood, he didn't even realize it was holy ground. Because the Bible says, he says, and I knew it not. You see, when we enter into that place of holy ground, when we get so caught up in God, then we don't even realize where we are. Now, watch verse number 17. Watch 17 now in in Genesis chapter number 28. He says, and he was afraid and said, how dreadful is this place? This is none other but the house of God, and this is the gate of heaven. You see, when you're you're standing on holy ground, there is, you're really standing there where there's a, a portal is open up. And see, when that portal is open up, the only thing that's connecting is your spirit and the spirit of God. See, that's the gate of heaven. See, we got to understand when we're standing on holy ground, then we have literally tapped into a portal that connects earth to heaven. See, that's how serious this thing is. That's how awesome it is. That, that's how awesome it is. So, so the next thing we want to know is, where is holy ground? Where is holy ground? Watch this. Holy ground is Where you find the presence of God. Holy ground is where you find the presence of God. You see, we can come to church all we want to. 
But if we never find ourselves standing on holy ground or in the presence of God, our coming is in vain. See, you got to know when you enter into those gates, even before you enter into those physical gates, you got to be able to have been in the presence of God before you even left home. I don't have to get to church to get in the presence of God. Because even to get into the point of standing on holy ground is because wherever the presence of God is, everything around it is holy. So in your own house, if you find yourself in the presence of God, you are literally standing on holy ground. Think, think, think about it. You see, we've got to move these old carnal minds of ours that, that we can't understand. We All we see is dirt, we see house, but we don't see the presence of God. Because when you enter into the presence of God, you must understand and know you have just stepped into the holy ground and in the presence of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Holy ground is any place where we allow God, ooh, Holy Spirit, to enlighten our minds. What did Jacob say? That God was in that place. And he knew it not. See, he got a revelation. His mind was enlightened. So he's right there standing on holy ground. See, when you allow God to enlighten your mind, because we need to have our minds enlightened. And when you get your mind enlightened and understand that, that now, God, when I'm caught up in your spirit, and I'm in worship, when I'm in praise, and those portals open up, and there's connection between earth and heaven, literally, I am standing on holy ground. That's how you can escape from this old earthly place right here, this old earthly tabernacle. Hey, see, when we escape from here and we connect to there, we are on holy ground. We're in the the presence of God. Who would not want to be in the presence of God? That's powerful, God. mm. The presence of God is holy ground. Is any place that demands that we discard that which separate us or come between us and God's holiness. You see, all those things that that we named... Uh, all those things like, like, like backbiting and greed and, you know, you know, wealth also can separate us from the presence of God. Money separates us from the presence of God. Amen. See, there's a lot of things now that all we got to do is examine ourselves and see what is separating us from being in the presence of God. Hmm. Now, let's go to Psalms. 16, we're we're a scripture Bible teaching church here. Psalms chapter number 16, Psalms 16. What is so wonderful, wonderful about being in the presence of God? See, if we don't know what the word says, then we're missing out on things. Amen. Now, Psalms chapter number 16, looking at verse number 11. When we're standing on holy ground, when we're in the presence of God, do we have it up? Verse number 11. It says, and when you're standing on holy ground, this is what happens. He says, thou will show me the path of life. If you want to know the path of life, stand on holy ground. 
He says, thou, because it means God. Thou will show me the path of life. See, we don't have to walk around here stumbling in darkness. Because God will show us the path of life. And then he says, in thy presence. Talk about God. In thy presence, he says, is the fullness of joy. How many folk need some joy today? Then he says, get in my presence, then you'll get the fullness of joy. See, that's what the word says. In his presence is the fullness of joy. And then he says, at thy right hand, there are pleasures mm, forevermore. See, all this is in the presence of God. All this is in the presence of God. I'm like, wow, God. It's in the presence of God. It is so important that we remain in the presence of joy. Because I, I need joy. I don't need happiness. Happiness comes and goes. Joy remains forever. Huh. The pleasures. When you're in the presence of God, you got pleasures forevermore. It, it's not that you got to depend on somebody else for your joy, your happiness. No, your, your salvation. No, you depend on God. Thank God for joy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. So if we're, we're, we're to the place where we're weakened and we, we don't understand, we got to remember, if I can celebrate God, then my strength will come. <laughs> the joy of the Lord is my strength. When you're going through hell and you can remember that the joy of the Lord is my strength, you can go right through that trial. And people will never know what you've gone through. In other words, you don't even look like what you've been going through. Because you're operating in the joy of the Lord. In the joy of the Lord. Now, now, now what happens here when, when, when we find ourselves outside of the presence of God? When we are not standing on holy ground. What happens now? What happens? When we are not standing huh, in the presence of the Lord. Let's go to the book of Genesis chapter number 4. Because we're talking about being in the presence of the Lord. Okay? Because see, you can leave the presence of the Lord. <laughs> you can leave it. Yes, you, you, you can leave the presence of the Lord. Now, in Genesis chapter number 4, now, there are brothers. There's Cain and, and, and Abel, and, and, and Cain has killed his brother. And the Bible, all because, see, at first they both offered up sacrifices, but one was not pleasant or pleasing to God. And so he gets upset with his brother. It's dangerous to get upset with your brother. It's, it's, dang, oh, it's dangerous, as the Bible says, the thing that God hates, the one that's shedding innocent blood. Who you cut lately? And I don't mean with the knife. I'm talking about with the tongue. Who, 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 who do we cut? Who have we cut? Boy, boy, oh boy. Holy Ghost must be really walking down these aisles because it is so quiet up in here. Hmm. God tells 
he tells Cain, told him that sin is lying at the door. And sin's desire will come and will rule over you if you allow it. If you allow it. Now, verse number 16, we're talking about the presence now that you can, can leave from the presence of the Lord. Verse 16, Genesis chapter number 4. Now Cain then killed his brother. And then he says to the Lord, am I my brother's keeper? Huh. It's just like people saying, well, I don't care. That, that's them over there. That's not my problem. You know, we, we always say that, don't we? Well, that's not my problem. But are you your brother's keeper? Hmm. Now, verse 16 in Genesis chapter 4 says, And Cain, look at this, And Cain went out from where? The presence of the Lord. Sin will drive you from the presence of the Lord. Sin. And then it said, And dwelt in the land of Nod. Huh. On the east side of Eden. Now, the word Nod there means fugitive. He's a vagabond. He's a wanderer. You see, when we leave from the presence of God, this is what happens to us. We are wandering stars. We're just wandering. We're like vagabonds. We're going from place to place. And we are fugitives. We're, oh, Holy Spirit. We are fugitives. We are on the run. When you leave the presence of God. You're on the run. But the Bible talks about he's on the east side of Eden. Now, the word Eden means delight. So when you leave the presence of God, you have just left the delight of God. You have removed yourself from the delight of God. And not only removed yourself from being in the light of God, but you've also removed yourself from being able to stand on holy ground. Mm. Yeah, holy ground. Last, last, last scripture, last scripture, last scripture we're going to deal with. Exodus chapter 2. Exodus chapter 2. I said to the Lord as he began to... Speak to me about standing in the holy ground and all the things that has to be removed from our own bodies, our mindsets. We got to take off those shoes that whatever problem, whatever sin that we're carrying around or whatever weight that we are carrying. As he began to speak to me about Standing on holy ground because you're right in the presence of God. I heard this word, two words, drop in my spirit. And those two words were missing pieces. So God, how does missing pieces connect with standing on holy ground? Standing in the presence of God. In Exodus chapter number 2. In verse number 15, right before he gets here, talking about Moses now, all the things that he has done, God allowed him to go into the enemy's camp 
And he learned the ways of the Egyptians. He was reared up that way. But when he kills an Egyptian and bury his body in the sand because he saw two Hebrews fighting, then it was known to the king, Pharaoh. Watch what he does and watch what God does. Verse 15 says, Now when Pharaoh heard this thing, what Moses had done, he said he sought to slay Moses. In other words, he was going to kill him. But Moses fled, he's on the run now, he fled from the face of Pharaoh, and he dwelt in the land of Midian. And he sat down by a well. I said, okay, God, where's the missing pieces? Where's the missing pieces? He says now the word Midian means not spiritual, but opposed to the real spirit of truth. He goes to a place that's opposed to spiritual truths. He runs right back again into the enemy's camp. He goes right back to the enemy's camp. And he dwells there. I'm like, God, why would you send me? Why would you send me to get refuge in the enemy's camp? Well, why, why would you do that? I'm on the run. Look like he was sending me to some of my brethren that can give me some shelter. But, you know, God's way is not like our way. God does things differently than what we do. He does things differently. Okay? Now, when he drops down now to verse number 22 in Exodus chapter number 20, in Exodus chapter number 2, because we have to understand that media also represents contentions or contentious thoughts. It represents judgments and strife. Hmm. You see, the presence of God is not found in the self life. Shall we hear that? The presence of God is not found in the soft life, but the rough life. Anybody come up on the rough side of the mountain? As the old folks said, you come up on the rough side of the mountain through many trials and tribulations. But that, that, that soft life, see, Moses was used to that, that soft life being in the palace, coming up like, like a prince in the palace. He was like that, that soft life. See, a lot of us like the soft life. A lot of Americans like the soft life. We, we like air conditions. That's soft life. Can you walk with me? Huh? That, 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 that's soft life. How do I know that's soft life? Because when, when God sends a storm and he allows things to happen and, and your power goes out and you're in the midst of a hot summer day, you're trying to find your place to, some place to go that's got some air conditioning. That's self-life. To be able to go pick and choose whatever you want to eat. And whatever you want to eat. Self-life. Self-life. 
I, I, I remember a time in Haiti when, 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 when we go and, and then they would bring you some food and it's, you got this, what they call beans and you can't even see the beans. That's rough life. You see, what, what would happen, and it's on its way, because we are right in the process of being in the mark of the beast, buy and sell. If you can't present certain things, you cannot buy and you can't sell. What will you do? What will you do when they say you can't get no medicine for your children? When you're used to the soft life, and you can go to the store and buy whatever you want. See, we're talking about some rough things about to happen. It's on its way. It's operating. It's on the way. What happens when you, you have to go someplace and you've got to trust God all the way? You've got to operate and live off your faith. Oh, we don't do this no more. What happens when you've got to live off the land? When you got to grow your own. <laughs> See, that, 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 what we got now is soft life. We can get in our vehicle, drive to the store. Soft life. Pick and choose what we want. Soft life. But there's coming a time when you won't be able to pick and choose. It's going to be the rough life. Have mercy. Hmm. Now, Moses comes and he signed himself in the enemy's camp. God has placed him there. He fled there. God, he's on the run. God sees him. Verse 21 in Exodus chapter number 2. And it says, And Moses was content, uh oh, to dwell with the man. You know why God allowed things to happen? When it came down to COVID-19 and they shut everything down. Did y'all catch that in that verse? It says Moses was content to dwell with who? Man. How many of us, when that happened and we had to sit and dwell with God, that we called it boring? See, man don't want to dwell with God anymore. He wants to dwell with man. But that's the best thing that we can ever have is to be in the presence of God because then you are standing on holy ground. As Moses was content. Too many of us are content with man. Hmm. And then man will give you something. He said, and he gave Moses Zipporah, his daughter. Means beauty. It means a trumpet, but it also means a bird. Birds sing, don't they? I wonder how many birds do we have in today. I'm not talking about a natural part of singing. Because we're talking about those things that separate us from God. And from being able to stand in his presence. How many of us sing we gossip? Think about it. 
Oh, been singing? <laughs> Boy, we can quiet, ain't we? Hmm. And watch verse number 22. This is something we have to remember. That the situation and circumstances we're in, even though we may be in the enemy's camp, there's something we have to remember. That's verse number 22. It says, and she bare, see, you have to be careful who you connect with. Because whatever you produce, you're going to have to live with it. It says, and she bare him a son. And she called his name Jerusalem, for he said, I have been a stranger in a strange land. We have forgotten that we are strangers here on this place called earth. And earth is a strange land. See, we have gotten too complacent. We don't, we don't even want to die anymore. How else you going to get to Jesus? How else will you get to that next assignment that we have in store for us? But the thing is, we are so attached to this place called earth. When we are supposed to be strangers in this land. Remember that. That's what helped Moses get to the backside of the mountain. He remembered that this was not his home, and he remembered he was just a stranger that, listen, this place ain't my home. I'm just a stranger traveling, traveling through. I'm just a stranger. But the beauty of it is every now and then, and I'm closing, every now and then God allows me to stand on holy ground in his presence. And when I am standing on holy ground, I get a taste of heaven. Hmm. Have you ever been in the presence of God? And it's like you've completely escaped everything. See, that's the beauty of God. When we stand on holy ground, we got to remember where we are. We are in the presence of God. Don't take it lightly. Don't take it lightly. Because you can, you can remove yourself from the presence of God. You can remove yourself. But we want to be in the presence of God. When it get chaotic, and that's coming, you want to be able to stand on holy ground. Everybody is crazy, and they can't understand why you're so calm. Because you're standing on holy ground in the presence of the Almighty. Presence of the Almighty. Standing on holy ground. Let's give God a hand clap of praise for his word. Amen. Amen. There is so much peace 